Hello, everyone. Welcome to Conversations with the Co-op. This is where we source questions from the NX Co-op community to gain insights from today's leaders in crypto and DeFi. I'm your host, Crypto Texan, and we have Joel from Citadel with us here today. Joel, thanks for being uh, on the show with us here today. Hi, Crypto Texan. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, all your hours, for joining us today. Hey, we have yeah. a pretty solid group uh, listening live, but this is being recorded as well uh, for those who miss it. Uh, but Joel, let's just go ahead and get started with your background. You know, we know that Citadel is looking to tokenize real estate on the blockchain. But can you tell us just a little about your background and how did you get into the crypto space? And maybe just what is your background in regards to the real estate space as well? Yep, definitely. Uh, but before I begin, uh, I guess I'll just like to start off some disclaimer. So uh, basically, uh, I'm not a lawyer, and uh, this uh, discussion is really for uh, educational purposes only. We are not here to sell or solicit any offer to buy securities, insurance, or any other financial products. Uh, so basically, do your own research. So um, yeah, with that, I'll begin. Uh, so um, my name is Joe, and uh, thank you so much for inviting me to this call. Uh, I have been helping institutions uh, invest over $2 billion in real estate uh, over the past 12 years. Uh, previously, I was with CBRE, Capitaland, and UBS. So um, my crypto journey did kind of begin back in 2017, 2018, when STO was all the hype. So STO is securitized tokens. And as an institutional landlord, then there were many real estate tokenization projects that kind of came to us to ask us to tokenize our real estate by injecting our properties into their projects. However, none of them could properly answer me when I asked them how we could legitimately enforce our rights to actually redeem the real estate tokens for the underlying real estate. And I could never get a convincing answer as to how we can actually exchange the real estate tokens for liquidity in the secondary market. So uh, that got me and a few other institutional lawyers together. Uh, we brainstormed on a legal structure that will legitimately confer the rights to redeem the underlying real estate with a real estate token, just like how you can redeem the US dollar with the USDC today. And it was back in October 2020 that we had a breakthrough. We found a way to do it uh, in English law, which is Commonwealth law, and came out with a structure that a prestigious law firm with more than a century worth of experience specializing in real estate is willing to officially issue a legal opinion validating the legitimacy of the structure. So we took this to a family office. Uh, the family office agreed to inject their portfolio of real estate to support the POC after getting the legal counsel to look at uh, our structure. And this is really how the Sudal project began. So I, I guess that's a pretty long introduction about myself and Sudal project. I hope that kind of like, yeah, gave a brief. No, oh, yeah, that's very helpful. And thank, thanks for that background. So you said you took this project to the family office. So is the family office an investor in Citadel? How how does that relationship work? So the the family office uh, agreed to uh to 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 give us the entire portfolio of real estate they have, which is about uh two hundred forty million, uh, and they are willing to underwrite. Uh, they have so much uh confidence in the uh, the structure that uh, when we ask them to underwrite the tokens in the event that uh, there is a, a insufficient uh, subscription, they're willing to accept the tokens uh, in exchange for their title deed. So um, all 240 million assets uh, in the Commonwealth countries, 
uh, across eight asset classes is ready to go. And we are using that to launch our POC and our beta, which we will be happy to introduce uh, shortly. Okay. And uh, let's just go with, if you could just briefly describe what Citadel is and I guess when did you start Citadel and how did you go about forming the team? So Citadel um, was started back in October 2020 when we had this uh, breakthrough in terms of legal structure and a prestigious law firm was willing to underwrite the or rather issue a legal opinion to validate the legitimacy of structure. We got the supply from the family office and subsequently reached out to members of the DeFi community to invite them to build the DAO together. We managed to raise 1 million in builders' funds, at which closed uh, in September. The response was overwhelming, very supportive, and we were oversubscribed. And now we are on track to actually launching our first uh, tokenization project in December. Um, so what exactly is the DAO? So the DAO is, uh, we, we, see a, we, we have a vision to build a sustainable DeFi yield farm that is powered by real estate globally to help create a yield farm that farmers can actually farm in peace and knowing that uh, there's actually real-world assets backing the tokens, which means that, and because our structure allows for you to actually redeem the underlying real estate with the Citadel token, you kind of create this flaw to the token because uh, in the event that the on-chain value of the token price ever falls below the off-chain value, we allow, we have this buyout protocol that allows the someone to actually come buy out the entire real estate token, redeem the title deed and sell it in the real world for a profit which kind of add, like, adds like a flaw to the on-chain value uh, of the token price. Okay, interesting. And so what are, I guess, the... Well, with your experience in real estate over the past years that you have, you found these inefficiencies that you feel like are in the real estate space or have been historically. And how do you think that levering blockchain technology and DeFi, and I guess NFTs as well, how can that help uh, with these capital inefficiencies that you see in the real estate space? Yeah, that's a very good question. Uh, so today's real estate, uh, as the way I see it, uh, based on my experience, in the real world, it lacks access, it lacks liquidity, and it lacks composability. Even though it's a 280 trillion market, a whole bunch of that capital is locked up. That means money that is not doing anything, not any interest, not being invested, not being used to drive the economy. And our plan is to use DeFi to unlock that capital by improving accessibility, liquidity, and composability. Because we believe this will drive demand for real estate on-chain, uh, increase capital efficiency, and enhance the overall fair value of the real estate universe. So what this means is, in future, we believe that there will be two sets of prices for the same real estate. The price of the real estate on-chain and the price of the real estate off-chain. And we believe that the real estate on-chain will have a higher value than the real estate off-chain because there will be more use cases for the real estate tokens on-chain unlike the limited use cases for the real estate off-chain today because the real estate off-chain is constrained by existing limitations on how we can unlock the capital in real estate. For example, I mean, today you go to the bank, you have a house, you ask, uh, you want to you want to take a mortgage uh, on the house. The first thing the bank asks you is, 
uh, how old are you? Do you have a job? Uh, who is your employer? Uh, why is your credit rating history? So and so forth, right? But seriously, why do why do they even have to bother about those things? You are giving them a real piece of asset that they can collateralize. And if you default on the loan, they just have to uh, claim the asset, sell the asset, and redeem it, right? Why do they have to go through all these questions, find out how much you, all your background, and then ultimately tell you that, sorry, I can't lend you the money. Or yes, I can lend you the money, but your money is going to come to you in three months' time. So that's very capital inefficient. I mean, if you're looking at a DeFi opportunity right now, you saw new tokens coming up, you want to participate in all your capital is locked up in real estate. How do you unlock that capital immediately? You can't call, try calling up your banker, try calling up your real estate agent, try calling up your lawyers um, 3 a.m. in the morning on a Sunday night, telling them that you want to unlock the capital immediately. And they'll tell you to just get lost, right? It's not going to happen. Whereas we see this opportunity to unlock that in the DeFi universe. So in future, we believe the value of the VSC tokens on chain will increasingly be driven by the use cases for the VSC tokens itself, with the underlying real estate contributing only a fraction of the actual value of the VSC token. And we see to real estate today as a very traditional as a class that is ripe for disruption. Okay, and you said something really interesting there where you said that the Citadel community believes that the value of the real estate on-chain is more valuable than it is off-chain. And can you go into a little bit more detail on that? Is that because of the composability of the asset on-chain? And I guess the just the free-flowing move of capital that the blockchain technology provides? Yeah, definitely. And, and that's something we totally believe in, right? Uh, because, I mean, for this, let me just draw an analogy. Uh, it may not be the perfect or the best analogy, but um, it, it kind of give the, the, it gives you a, a, a sense of uh, what we are looking at. So imagine you have a phone today, you have an iPhone today, but the iPhone only allows you to make a phone call, send an SMS, and take a photo of yourself, but you can't share it with anyone without showing them your phone. How much will you pay for that iPhone? Effectively, the iPhone will probably be around $200-$300, maybe. But what is it that allows user to actually, uh, uh, that actually allow the iPhone to command such a huge premium on top of the phone itself? It is actually the App Store with the many apps on it. Now, suddenly, you can actually use the iPhone to make payments, to make online transactions, to trade cryptos, to trade your whatever stocks you have, um, to uh, to watch video, share your uh, uh, your your picture, whatever on Facebook. So suddenly, the use cases for the iPhone exploded, and the whole reason why this exploded was the composability of this app store. Technically speaking, with the iPhone, right? And because the use cases are there now, the iPhone can easily command a premium of the one thousand over, and people will still buy it. Because suddenly there's a lot more reason to use the iPhone uh, rather than like literally just the three items I mentioned earlier. And settle down, we are exactly like the app store for real estate on the blockchain. And we are actually inviting projects uh, like Index Cook, for example, and a whole bunch of others that we are happy to announce uh, in time to come. We are actually uh, in very active discussions with them right now to come and build the use cases for the real estate. So for this, uh, I'd like to draw your attention to to, to, to what we call the primitives, which is the ecosystem project that we are building right now 
within the Citadel community. So imagine today, right, uh, give you a case in point. For example, you have, you, you are a landlord, okay, and you're holding on to piece of property and the market is effectively uh, going up. So yeah, you get to like see your price of the website going up and up and up and up. But imagine you wake up tomorrow and suddenly there's World War Three or something like that and, and the price of a uh, housing market crash and, and then you were like, shit, I only have two options now. The first option, I hold on to my real estate, uh, ride the entire down market and hope that the next time we power is going to be higher than the current peak. And uh, if you understand the time value of money, effectively, that's still a loss for you. Or the second option, which is effectively dump the real estate to whichever buyer you can find on the market today, right now, pay a whole bunch of transaction costs, stamp duties, legal fees, so on and so forth, and hope to use the cash and time the market, the bottom of the market, so that you can re-enter the market when the market is recovering right? and, and pay a whole bunch of fees then. And in some cases, you'll be subjected to greater regulatory uh, constraint than after. So that's very inefficient. And But that is the reality in life, to, real life today. Now, if imagine this, the on-chain real estate. Now, suddenly you have the you, you still have the options available to you. You can hold on to the real estate token right the down and up market. And if you choose to do so, imagine if you have a future or a, an options, a primitive design for your real estate token. And there are options, you can buy two options, basically protect your capital gains that you have made over the years, or you can increase the yield on your real estate by just keep selling core options. And if uh, index could have futures, you might literally be able to just like either short a whole bunch of indexes, index real estate to basically um, hedge your losses uh, on a long-term basis. Or when the market is coming out, you don't even have to pick which, whichever property you want to buy. You could just literally buy the entire index, right? And, 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 and the, the beauty about this is that it's very capital efficient. You don't have to pay stamp duty, you don't have to pay legal fees, you don't have to pay real estate agent fees. And the transaction takes place instantly. You don't have to wait like three months, uh, go to talk with a whole bunch of bankers, uh, clear duty, uh, clear AML and stuff like that. And then before you finally get to enter the market, by which then the market might have already gone up. You get to get it instantly. And that's the beauty about what we are building here. Yeah, I think that analogy that you used you know, having a cell phone that is connected to the internet or can connect to the internet definitely has more value than a cell phone that cannot. So I guess this is kind of real estate that can be connected to the internet now, which gives it a, a whole new array of different use cases, which makes perfect sense to me. Um, yeah, thanks for that analogy. And you mentioned that, you know, the reason all this didn't take off in 2017 um, was because of the lack of the legal framework or is the meat space uh, yeah legal framework that needed to be in place for something like this what was the tipping point for you and Citadel I guess from a legal standpoint that made y'all comfortable with saying or even made that family office comfortable with saying okay yeah let's do this let's tokenize this real estate and, and put it on chain and how do you see that working? that structure working over different 
jurisdictions? That's a very good question. Um, okay, so back back then, uh, there were actually two hurdles. The first one is the legal hurdle, the regulatory hurdle. The second is the liquidity hurdle. And and we are glad to share that so now we, we have the solution to both. So uh, starting with the lead, and, and we think that both of these for the reasons, not just the legal reasons, but the liquidity reasons, secondary market liquidity reasons that, 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 that were kind of challenging for the earlier projects. So I'll go into the legal reasons first. The legal reason is not new, actually. Um, to be honest, the, stru- the, the, the legislation, the legislative framework has always been there. But it's only there in English law, in Commonwealth law. So it, it won't exist uh, in civil law like other jurisdictions. I mean, again, I'm not a lawyer, but this is what I understand from the lawyers I've been working with. Like in some countries like um, the United States or, 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 or let's say um, Hong Kong or Japan or something like that, uh, which don't follow the Commonwealth law system, uh, there is no such uh, legal framework available uh, to actually allow for the tokenization of uh, real estate. Uh, it, it was the legal framework in the English law that we ultimately found that there's actually something that's staring right at us right in the face. It's just that um, most, most, most lawyers, they, they kind of miss that. That's one. Second, uh, most of the projects uh, previously, when they tried to do tokenization, they typically consult securities lawyers without the real estate experience, without the real estate background. Securities lawyers, being securities lawyers, are very familiar with capital market, and typically they'll structure everything based on their knowledge on capital market. But you won't have any knowledge beyond that when it comes to real estate law, and, and therefore you see a lot of the real estate uh, tokens end up being structured as security tokens. Uh, by the way, our 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 real estate tokens, we, we have received a legal opinion to say that our real estate tokens are not security tokens uh, under Singapore law, at least, uh, and uh, not subjected to regulation as under the SFA. So we managed to find a way around it. Uh, not only does it confer the legitimate right to the underlying real estate, it, it's also not a security token, which kind of unlocks a whole bunch of uh, liquidity which are bringing on it to the universe because then can actually be listed on DEXs decentralized exchanges. Some may even try for centralized exchanges, but uh, we will start off with DEXs first because we think that some of the, like for example, the Uniswap uh, V3 kind of introduction, those DEX, those AMMs, they are actually uh, designed for capital efficiency in providing liquidity. And we think that that makes more sense than uh, the centralized exchanges for the real estate tokens. And, and oh yeah, so, so that brings me to the next point, which is providing secondary market liquidity. We have two ways of ensuring that liquidity. Uh, the first way is the real estate itself. Now, real estate, unlike other asset classes that other projects try to tokenize, for example, gold, silver, oil, you name it, for example, they don't generate their own income stream. And uh, even if they do, for example, like uh, loans and stuff, uh, there's always a limited tenor and you're subjected to like uh, security requirements and stuff and default risk protection. So uh, uh, real estate tokens, on the other hand, uh, they generate their own rental income, okay? And they are backed by actual asset value that is, in a way, still independent from rental income. For example, if the rental income dropped to zero, the real estate will still have an inherent asset value backed by the land value. So we, we thought that's interesting because now this real estate as an asset class can provide liquidity on its own. The rental income it will be used to buy and burn 
the real estate token, effectively creating a buying pressure on the real estate token indefinitely itself. Uh, the second source of liquidity will be literally the liquidity pools itself uh, in the DeFi universe. Now, AMM liquidity pools, to understand the concept of yield, this is something that, that I would say is a is, is the, that's the reason why the timing is right now. Uh, back in 2017, 2018, I think these concepts were very alien to the uh, to the community as a whole. Uh, DeFi uh, wasn't as hot as it is today. Uh, the concept of yield farming, um, not there really. But it is this concept of yield farming that finally makes real estate such a relevant asset. Because what's a better source of yield than real estate itself in the real world, right? Most time it can even generate better yield and capital appreciation than the bonds and security instruments out there. Um, and, 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 and the idea behind uh, the second source of liquidity is liquidity pool, uh, whereby we will actually encourage uh, through the, uh, uh, the ability to earn Citadel token, this concept of providing uh, the real estate tokens, uh, encouraging real estate token holders to provide a real estate token uh, USDC pair into a liquidity pool so as to earn the Citadel token. And, and if you think about it, this, this is actually more, uh, the, 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 I, the IL here is actually uh, less risky than, uh, than other more volatile assets because basically you're IRing two stables to, to earn the APY, right? Uh, the APY will be provided via the Citadel token itself and um, so the question is, why would you want the Citadel token? What's so special about the Citadel token? So um, I'll put it this way. Uh, it, it, it's not the best context, but Citadel token um, can be viewed as basically the Bitcoin for real estate. And it's effectively the real estate tokens itself. This used to mine uh, the Citadel token. So uh, one thing that's very unique about Citadel token, uh, the Citadel token is never sold and can only be mined by purchasing the real estate token and contributing to the liquidity pool, right? So uh, as a result of that, uh, the Citadel token and real estate tokens, they are symbiotic and depend on each other to generate value and demand. The Citadel token is so special because first and foremost, 2% of all real estate tokens, uh, of all the real estate that are tokenized on Citadel today and perpetually in the future, will always accrue towards the Citadel treasury, which means as there is more and more uh, real estate tokenized projects on the Citadel platform, the Citadel treasury will just keep collecting 2% of every single real estate. Secondly, the Citadel platform will work together with other primitive projects to uh, benefit from the entire ecosystem. Um, like I mentioned, generate uh, the use cases for the real estate token itself. And as the real estate token grow in value, bear in mind that the real estate tokens are actually kept in the Citadel treasury, the Citadel implied value will also grow. And finally, owning the platform token obviously confers, confers the right to govern the platform. Uh, above and beyond that, because the Citadel token is never sold and there's no profit expectation of the Citadel token, we also got a legal opinion um, that the Citadel token it's actually not a security token, and we believe that this is even stronger that we can push for listing on the uh, centralized exchange, which will unlock a lot more liquidity for the Citadel token. So if you look at it from this point of view, collectively by owning both the platform Citadel token and the real estate token, anyone will be able to benefit from the best of both worlds and 
own a portfolio of real estate via the sale token, as well as an ability to adjust uh, your individual risk profile based on the real estate that you like in the portfolio. Or if you don't, if you, if you, if you, if you can't decide, you can always go and buy the index uh, on index group of uh, real estate properties that effectively will give you the same benefit. Yeah, I think that'd be a very interesting collaboration uh, between the Index Co-op and Citadel. Um, but I'm, uh, so my, my next question is, you know, let's say I have some commercial real estate and I just, I need some liquidity. I need some money and I want to go to Citadel to, uh, for me to get that liquidity. Uh, what steps would I take and Am I essentially, am I minting an NFT that represents the real estate that gets fractionalized or, you know, and then is it really, I mean, are these tokens a, a debt instrument or are they more of a, an equity instrument? Like what type of claim do these tokens have on the underlying real estate asset? Okay, that's a good question. Uh, let me start off first by introducing how the how the platform works. Okay. So um, as an so our platform uh, enable a two way tokenization bridge for real estate, which means that you can tokenize as well as you can de-tokenize and redeem the title deed with your token. So uh, it is a permissionless platform. So anybody, any landlord, uh, as long as you are within the Commonwealth jurisdiction. Uh, and potentially in the future, we might uh, explore outside a commercial jurisdiction, have the ability to list your real estate on the platform after ownership verification. So when you come to the platform, you submit uh, your real estate, you have to submit ownership details, title deeds, and so on and so forth. Once the verification checks are done and AML KYCs are done, we will actually uh, enable the listing of the property on the platform and the potential uh, participants uh, from the DeFi community will then be invited to commit their interest in fractions of the real estate listing through a process called the IRO, otherwise known as introducing real estate on chain. Now, if the IRO is successful, bridge will be formed, an NFT will be minted, as you say, and this NFT represents the economic and legal benefits to the real estate, which is both the SPV and the real estate itself. So basically, there'll be two NFT. Uh, there'll be one NFT representing two instruments, two legal instruments that we minted. These are basically your security instrument that represents your direct claim into the uh, SPV as well as the real estate itself. The SPV being that in the event that there's additional cash, uh, when you're redeeming the NFT, you can actually link on whatever cash that is in the company too, above and beyond the real estate title itself, right? So this will then be this will then be custody into a smart contract. After which fractions of the ERC twenty smart contract will be deposited into the buyer's wallet. This ERC twenty smart contract, which represents the custody of the NFT, is effectively the real estate token. And the rights uh, for the each ERC twenty smart contract is the ability to buy up each other, so that you can claim the NFT. Which is the, the legal instrument to allow you to directly claim the title the SPV. Now, these factions, this real estate token will then become tradable on the AMM. Currently, we are looking at Uniswap V3. In the unlikely scenario, and then this is the tokenization process, right? So, in the unlikely scenario, 
anyone wants to delete the real estate, for example, let's say the price really dropped to become so attractive such that it's below the real price, or you have a huge passion and you love the real estate so much, a sentimental value or something that you just really need to buy at a premium from everybody else, it's okay because we have this thing called the buyout module, which enables the de-tokenization of the real estate. It enables the real estate token holder to buy out all other real estate token holders to redeem the underlying real estate. And, and this is very important because I, I have to emphasize again, not only does this legitimize the real estate token because now you can actually use the real estate token to claim back your title deed of the real estate, it also acts as a flaw to the on-chain valuation uh, because if the on-chain value ever drops below the off-chain value, um, arbitrage opportunity will come uh, and investors can easily uh, buy out the real estate on-chain and transact in the off-chain space for a profit. Yeah, that's that's helpful. Uh, so I, another question I have is, so what if I was a real estate investor uh, that had real estate assets? Uh, could I could I pool multiple real estate? Like if I had three commercial properties, could I pull those together and tokenize those as one NFT? Or does it have to be on a, a I guess, a parcel by parcel basis? It has to be three NFT. You have to be three separate NFT because okay. each NFT will represent the right claim against the SPV that will hold the title deed to the real estate. So for the land, oh yeah. So you mentioned earlier you're the landlord, right? Effectively, what's going to happen to you if the IRO is successful is that um, you will go through a, a, a standard conveyancing process whereby you give up title to your uh, real estate in exchange for cash from your your lawyer. So it's literally like selling the, the, the real estate into a platform like Zillow, for example. Okay. So in what I'm hearing just from a tokenomics standpoint with Citadel is that there's effectively two types of tokens. Uh, you've got the ERC-20 spe- uh, tokens specifically related to the real estate assets, and then you've got the Citadel token. And I, you mentioned this a little bit earlier, but I just, I just wanted to clarify. Yeah, is there a governance aspect to the Citadel token, or what benefits do token holders receive? Okay, so um, the, the, the benefits are threefold. Right? Uh, first of all, the Citadel platform itself will enjoy 2% of all the real estate ever created on the platform. So every time there's a real estate tokenization for a real estate project, 2% of the tokens minted will accrue towards the Citadel treasury. So effectively, as more and more uh, real estate tokens are minted, uh, more real estate projects are tokenized on the Citadel platform, the, uh, the value of the Citadel treasury will grow. So what the value of the Citadel token? There's going to be a cap of 10 billion tokens for the Citadel tokens. So effectively, um, yeah, as there's more and more uh, real estate minted, the value of the Citadel token will grow. Secondly, uh, the platform will benefit from uh, the the primitives on the platform because this primitive will drive value, underlying value, and underlying uh, use cases for the real estate tokens, which will increase the value of the real estate tokens held in the Citadel Treasury. And finally, uh, there's also the governance right to effectively dictate how to uh, run the Citadel project because ultimately Citadel is a DAO. Right, exactly. Yeah, okay. Yeah, thanks for clarifying that. That's helpful. And you know, so I know that you're utilizing commercial real estate in this project. 
but not residential real estate, um, I guess for residential, right? Because you can have residential real estate as a homestead that, you know, like if I own my own house and I live in it, that's my homestead. And you can also have residential real estate from a commercial standpoint in the sense that, you know, if I own a residential real estate property uh, and I have someone occupying it, I'm, I'm owning that residential property for uh, commercial purposes. Uh, did Have y'all come under any complications in trying to tokenize residential as an investment versus just a, a typical commercial property as an investment? And are y'all looking at doing any residential mortgages at all? Okay, so uh, that's a very good question and, and one that the team have been debating on for a while. The residential market is obviously a huge market and something that is very close to everyone's heart. But uh, as long as the Sudao project is not fully decentralized, we will only be looking at commercial real estate for the moment. And let me explain to you the reason why. I mean, ultimately, when uh, Sudao is fully decentralized, it becomes a full DAO, then obviously the token holders will have the right to vote if they want to and allow residential projects on board. By then, it's up to the uh, community to decide. Uh, before it becomes a DAO, the Sudao project prime objective is to scale up as quickly as possible. Uh, we have a target of at least uh, 4 billion TVL by 2023 or late 2022. And, and the thing about it is that uh, in order to do that, we need to take the path of least resistance. Now, uh, I, I'm not sure if you are... I mean, so basically, I'm from a real estate background. And, and the one thing I'm very familiar with is... I mean, and I did global investments in real estate, so I kind of uh, invested in many countries. And the one common principle I see in all countries, uh, especially in the Asian context, where the government authorities are more centralized, is that residential is closer to their heart than commercial. For the very simple reason, uh, if residential prices suddenly shoot through the roof, so for example, I wake up the next day and find the residential house across my street, cost double it was from yesterday. The, the first thing the government will do is to look at the reason why that happened. And the second thing the government will do is to shut down the reason, which is basically come after whoever who caused the increase in price, right? And and that is, that is one of the, I mean, for us, um, as even though we are working within the legitimate framework of uh, the, the, the law, we, we still have social responsibility to ensure that uh, we govern ourselves in the socially responsible manner such that it does not disrupt the the real world ecosystem, especially the bread and butter for many people. Like people actually buy residential houses that like you see not only for investment but to live in. And if the price of residential houses suddenly shoot through the roof, uh, we are going to be uh, in the spotlight which we want to avoid. So the best way, the path of police resistance for us to scale as rapidly as possible currently is in the commercial space. However, a DAO being a DAO in the future, if the community decides to, to make a decision to enter the residential space, then at a point in time, I mean, the, the DAO will just follow uh, whichever direction the community and the members uh, dictate. And um, it's always possible then that potentially uh, residential projects get uh, included in the, project, in the DAO. 
Yeah. I'm not sure that answers your question, but no, yeah, no, that was that was perfect. That's yeah, that's that's exactly what I was looking for because I I understand that you know like residential real estate that you know someone like that I own that I live in my homestead. I know that the regulations around that can be a lot more constraining than just you know like a um, I don't know like a strip mall or a retail center or office space. I, I feel like the the regulations around those are a little less restrictive in what you can do. So I was just kind of wanting to get your take there, and and you did. Um, and so uh, going into the Dow part of Citadel, um, where have you been able to find success or where has your community been able to find success in just bootstrapping a successful Dow community? I guess we have very strong, uh, leaders on board. Uh, so, so, so the very experienced, uh, leaders, they have, supported us in the project both in terms of their experience, their network and 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 kind of their their resources. And 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 in the over the course of the next few months, it's likely that you will see some of this uh in terms of our news announcements, uh in terms of the projects that we will be partnering. Some of these projects are unknown to um, not be so easy to reach out to, uh, especially if we are uh, unknown a uh, brand new uh, DeFi project on the ground, but uh, with the connections, with the resources, we were able to actually uh, connect with those platforms, which is going to be huge. Because um, I mean, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just give a, a, a little teaser here. We have been talking about real estate uh, all the while, bringing the real estate on chain, right? But bringing the real estate on chain basically means tokenizing 100% the equity, which can be a very large amount in most instances. And if you bring the real estate tokens on chain and you put it all in 100% equity, the yield of the real estate is going to be very, very low. You can't compare it with the, the DeFi yields that we see today. But then, what we are able to do and we have gotten success in is to find uh, some of the pretty decent, pretty well-known actually, lending protocols out there that are actually willing to support us to bring collateralized real estate token on chain. Now suddenly you can replicate the entire real world experience on chain in a more efficient manner. So imagine this, right? Today you have, and, and that's what most real estate projects, uh, I, I believe what the problem was on the uh, previous real estate projects, they were, unable, they were unable to do this, right? So imagine this, right? Today you have a uh, $100 uh, and you decide that you're going to buy $100 worth of uh, real estate token, right? Uh, now, if, if you take this $100 worth of real estate token and invest in a property that generates 5% yield, effectively, you get $5 a year. And that's kind of boring the DeFi world because most stablecoin farms out there are able to generate returns in that sense of double digit and still have the same kind of like... Uh, uh, low volatility, right? Yeah, yeah. But imagine this. What if you can do a 95% leverage on that $100 worth of real estate token? Even if the interest on a 95% loan is 2%, which is something like what you get out of it for USDC, USDG, uh, you will effectively have earned a 62% APY on the real estate token itself. And that's a stable, you know, that is backed by real estate. And now you have this $95 that you can effectively take to go out there and 
put in whatever farm you want and generate even higher APY, double-digit APY. Effectively, you generate in excess of 80% APY or even 100%. Now, in the real world, it takes you at least 20 years. I mean, if, if you assume 5% yield, right? Uh, net, okay, to cover the cost of capital you put up to buy your real estate. With this D5 world, you probably can cover the cost of your real estate for less, not less number of years, maybe one year, maybe one and a half, or even less than one year. And the rest of it is just profit, right? You write the capital gain, you write the, uh, the, 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 you, know, you write the capital gain, and you write the, the rental, you know, and above him, and, and something that I want to highlight here that I thought is very, very interesting, and we believe that will be a, a huge demand driver for the real estate token, is uh, is this idea about how how real estate tokens? I mean, you look at it right today. You have a crypto portfolio, and your choice are either are either native tokens or shit coins or meme coins or or Bitcoin or Ethereum or US or stables, right? Like USDT, USDC. They are packed to a fiat currency. You are you have to choose between high volatility, high risk, and inflationary asset, which is the USDT USDC. Because as the US government print more and more of this in the real world, your your USDT USDC purchasing power literally goes down with it, right? But then real estate is an inflation resistant asset, and the real estate token are actually packed to a tangible inflation resistant asset. So now, just by holding real estate tokens in your portfolio of stables and native other, other, other coins, effectively, you have a natural hedge against inflation also. But most importantly, we think that real estate tokens are going to offer stronger stability and yield than the stable coins out there. Because we see stablecoins as not fully decentralized. Because ultimately, stablecoins are still centralized at bank accounts. Your USDC, USDT, some of it, uh, the, 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 the US dollar that they have, are all held at bank accounts. And if the US government decides tomorrow to come out and say that, okay, all these bank accounts are frozen, I'm going to confiscate all the US dollar in the bank account, effectively, the value of your token drops to zero. For real estate, each real estate token is tagged to a individual SPV that holds the underlying title deed. And these real estate SPVs are spread out all over the world in a decentralized manner. You can still come after one or two, or maybe three or four, or maybe the whole bunch of it. And even if, the, even if you manage to successfully acquire all the SPV, what, what are you going to do with all the property? Are you going to fire sell it and 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 crash the 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 real estate economy, uh, which is the backbone of many economy? Uh, if not, then what are you going to do? Are you going to as a government run all the real estate? Managing a bunch of real estate is really no joke. I mean, I I came from an institutional real estate background. I know how much manpower you need to do that. Imagine managing a whole bunch of real estate. Is that something the government is willing to undertake? We believe that real estate tokens ultimately will offer stronger stability and yield than stable coins itself. Yeah, so talking about yield, right? your US dollar is generating nothing in the bank. The real estate, even though maybe the rental income is, uh, even if it's low, right, it's definitely more than your US dollar in the bank. But most importantly, we believe that real estate tokens are fully transparent 
100% of the time. And this lends greater legitimacy to these tokens. Today, the stable coins, uh, USDT, USDC, they tell you that, oh, I have uh, 40, 40% uh, US dollar in the bank account. I have uh, 90% uh, US dollar in the bank account. Uh, but what's there stopping them for borrowing a whole bunch of US dollar, putting in the bank account for the audit, and then when the audit is over, we turn the money. On the other hand, your real estate tokens is a title deed that cannot be borrowed or lent to. Effectively, the SPV either hold it or it doesn't hold it. And it's very transparent. And because of this additional layer of protection and trust to it, the legitimacy of it, you can actually enhance it, collateralize it, and leverage it to even higher degree to generate even higher yields at lower borrowing costs. And that's where we see the value in the real estate tokens. Yeah, that makes perfect sense to me, Joel. It really does. Because, yeah, I, I think with real estate, you essentially have not only asset appreciation in the real estate space, because the value of the property is going to go up, but you also then receive uh, income you know, from renting out that real estate. And then, yeah, it, it seems like tokenized real estate on the blockchain is essentially that that missing piece or one of the missing pieces for a well-balanced crypto, you know, digitally asset native portfolio. Because yeah, you've got Bitcoin and Ethereum, which are still great stores of value, but also very volatile. And that volatility can be difficult for some people. And then yeah, you have stable coins, which by name are stable in value, and you can get great yields on those stable coins. But as you said, um, they succumb to inflation pressures as uh, sovereign governments continue to print their way out of trouble. And then, yeah, the real estate is just a nice complement of both in the sense that it has a, a fairly stable value as it's going to increase over time to keep up with inflation, right? Assets typically keep up with inflation. And it's it provides that flexibility and capital efficiency of Bitcoin and Ethereum. Yeah, this... This, yeah, this makes perfect sense to me, I th and I think this is a great idea. So, where do you see, I guess, in like, in the short term and midterm, long term, how do you see this environment playing out, and how do you think the Index Co-op could partner with Citadel? Okay, um, that's a very good question. So, uh, on our side, uh, on the Sudan side, we plan to scale our sustainable yield farms. Uh, we plan to scale TBR rapidly to over four billion uh, by uh, yeah by initially leveraging on real estate in Commonwealth countries such as the UK, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, Singapore, followed by real estate in the rest of the world in the medium term. Uh, and our vision is to have index code actually enable experienced DeFi real estate investors uh, within the community to construct real estate indexes based on our real estate tokens so that the rest of the DeFi community can get into the real estate uh, universe on chain. And uh, in the long term, we believe that other DeFi projects can even build derivatives and leverage on top of index cooked real estate index. Uh, and some of these derivatives might be real estate index funds and options that I mentioned earlier for those looking to hedge their real estate portfolio. And yeah, so actually, we are actually very excited about this. And we really hope that Indescope will introduce the very first real estate V on chain using the real estate tokens by Citadel. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. And I think it's a good fit 
two for, you know, just, I think that aligns with our mission and goals as well. Um, so y'all are building on Ethereum right now. Um, is that where you plan to stay or are you experimenting with any other layer one chains or layer two technology or even, uh, I guess, EVM compatible side chains? Or do you feel like Ethereum mainnet is the right place for this to scale, uh, it, regardless of the high gas price environment that we're experiment or experiencing right now? Yeah, I'll be upfront with you. Ethereum uh, is very attractive to us uh, because of the community on chain, because of how long it has been around. So uh, and 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 it's precisely uh, the the high gas price that uh, we thought would offer some degree of protection. Uh, I'll explain why later on. And, and we think that if you're looking at real estate at the start, where the investments are not small, literally. Like initially, these real estate assets are probably going to be at least in the hundreds of thousands, if not in the millions. Uh, the gas price is actually uh, relatively uh, affordable uh, compared to the investments uh, on real estate. So Ethereum will still be our mainstay uh, chain, definitely in the short term. And yeah, so to explain in terms of the security-wise, uh, uh, one of the things that we wanted to highlight was actually uh, how we have seen some of the cheaper chain or rather cheaper transaction chain kind of uh, uh, fail, uh, especially when transaction prices are, are low and they are not available. Like, like if you look at the, the Iron Finance uh, hack, now, I'm not sure if many of you uh, are familiar with that, but uh, if you look at that, and, and, and there was something, and, and while there were many uh, blames about the pegging and stuff, one thing that went under the radar, which I thought was very interesting, is uh, if you were to, I, I think there's a very thing about that, Look it up. But there was one user that was basically sending one metric, uh, zero metric actually, to himself and spamming the entire network such that it's totally congested. And uh, personally, I felt that that might be the, the reason why, it, because then uh, the arbitrage failed to hold because people who want to arbitrage can't even arbitrage because they, their transactions keep failing as the, metric, uh, the, the, the polygon uh, network is congested, right? And and and, and, <laughs> and, and the thing why is that because of that, it failed, right? And so, uh, so uh, cheaper transaction fees actually is a double-edged sword because if the network is not scalable enough, effectively, uh, it, will, it will expose uh, our project to other ways that, the, that our uh, smart contract auditors will not be able to pick up because our smart contract auditors are not going to audit the network. They're just going to audit our contracts. And, and this is one uh, attack vector that we are very concerned about. So, I mean, it's play out in the Iron Finance hack. So, I mean, if you guys want, I could, you could just DM me. I could show you the verdict later on. And you can go and see the Polygon uh, user spamming the network uh, on, 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 the, yeah, on the scan, like Polygon scan. That's one. The other reason why uh, Ethereum, uh, this is not something that, 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 that might be familiar uh, with everyone, but just to share within the... Okay, so we are dealing with real world assets over here, real estate, which means that ultimately um, some of this uh, uh, actually uh, th there has to be a proper way to convert on chain uh, currencies into in large amount to uh, fiat currency to pay the landlord, and this is unique because uh, if you understand uh, 
uh, right now, like some of these uh, more advanced uh, AML KYC uh, tools available uh, on chain, uh, they only work on the Bitcoin and Ethereum chain. They don't work on any other chain. So effectively, uh, if you want to, uh, if you want to at least not fall foul of the AML uh, regulations, and uh, it, it might, it, it is actually important to still stay on the Ethereum chain so that we can leverage on this, uh, on this, on this platforms that were built. Uh, it's good because it allows, uh, it allows uh, being DeFi allows the participants to kind of uh, uh, invest anonymously uh, without. Uh, without having to, uh, to, 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 to review themselves. But at the same time, uh, proper AML can be done uh, to at least trace the flow of the, 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 the ETH or the US or the tokens or the Ethereum chain. So uh, that, that's also the reason why we are looking at Ethereum chain. So AML reason as well as security reason. Uh, but nonetheless, that doesn't mean that we are not looking at other layer two chains. Uh, we are looking at other layer two chains, provided it can address the concerns that I addressed earlier. And some of these uh, layer two chains are actually quite attractive. They are both scalable as well as cheap, uh, and they have sufficient infrastructure built on top of it, sufficient community support on top of it to ensure that at least the projects built on top of it don't really fail that badly. Uh, and we are actually uh, interested in those chains in building some of our V2 uh, kind of experiment on it to see uh, how it goes. Yeah, what uh, what change for those, Joe, specifically? Uh, we we don't want to. Uh, we don't. I, I do not want to. And we don't want to announce it officially until we have uh, uh, come to a agreement to change because we don't want to commit ourselves to any of this uh, chain before before actually uh, we don't want to put the cut before the horse, right? Okay. Yeah. So at this point in time, we we uh, we choose not to review it yet. But that doesn't mean we are not exploring it. So we are actually actively speaking to some of these uh, other chains right now, and uh, and and kind of like uh, going through the security and stuff to make sure because real estate is a huge amount of money. Like literally, if one real estate IRO fails, that's a whole bunch of money that uh, that that we have to be accountable to the community for. And that's not something we take lightly. Yeah, I that makes sense to me too. And you know, it's. I think it's, Ethereum is the best place for, uh, especially something like, um, rather than going with you know a, a side chain or uh, a state chain or, or anything like that, because you know you see things on Twitter of people saying you know these gas fees are so high, Ethereum is broken, and it's actually actually the opposite is true, uh, is that you know the market and the users have so much faith in the security of the Ethereum chain that they want their transactions in those Ethereum blocks and they're willing to pay a premium, a higher price to get their transactions in there because they do believe in the security of the network. And I, I don't know, it's just a misconception that I, that I hear out there. And yeah, I think when it comes to something as important as real estate, um, which is the economic foundation for a very significant part of the global just, I guess, ecosystem or uh, economy, uh, something, a, a chain like Ethereum makes the most sense. Um, but yeah, Joel, we're running up on time. Um, I really appreciate you coming out and talking to the Index Co-op about Citadel. Sounds like an incredible project. And I'll just end it with, um, can you just let everyone know where they can go to find out more about you 
and Citadel. Oh, that's thanks. Thanks a lot for inviting us to this. Uh, this in that school, and we are, we are very, very looking forward to working with you guys uh, with the community. You, uh, you can find us on our Discord. So now Discord, uh, uh, Ethan, who is also on Discord, he's going to post uh, the, the Discord channel shortly. And we are very active on Discord. So come, in, come on in, ask any questions you want. Uh, we are more than happy to answer them. Yeah, and we will, we will, be, we will also be active in the Index Group Discord to, to, in case you have any, uh, if you guys want to approach us, more than happy to talk. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Well, yeah, like I said earlier, this is being recorded. So be on the lookout for that sometime next week. And until then, everyone have a great weekend and we'll see you all next time. Thank you, Joel. Uh, by the way, sorry, um, before we go off here, right, um, we would like to, to, to just uh, share something. We have a little surprise for, for everyone here as part of uh, in the culture of adult and adult community uh, culture. We will be uh, we will be giving everyone uh, who join our Discord uh, 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 Citadel tokens. Uh, our TG is going to be in one or two months time. So uh, when that is time, when that's up, we will send it to you. But do join the Discord, our Discord channel. Uh, Ethan will share the Discord link later on and, and message this uh, Ethan to let him know so that uh, he can uh, set aside the tokens for you. And it's going to be a raffle, sort of lucky draw. Uh, for all of you uh, who, who, who stay with us throughout this entire one hour, we appreciate your time. And there's going to be a, a winner, a lucky draw winner from uh, a larger Citadel token that we'll be sharing with all of you. So thank you all for joining this call. Really appreciate it. And thank you, CryptoTetson, for inviting us to this call. Yeah, absolutely. All right, I'll see you next time, Joel. Have a good one. See you all. Bye.